Welcome back to the CA Power Players Podcast. We got a special interview today. Okay, a couple of gentlemen, a couple of young dudes, man, that are talking about some modern marketing methods and doing some really cool stuff in the space. Please help me welcome, I think, to the first time for the channel and the podcast. We've got Julian Polito and Tim Shooker. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on, Cody? Thanks for having us. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, buddy. You guys are in. Um, are you in Phoenix area? Yes, yeah, so we're in. Uh, we're in Gilbert, Arizona. It's like. It used to be the country, but they built it up as a bunch of people moved to the area. So now it's like newer than the area we were from before, uh, but it's still like kind of the country. So you'll get yeah. a whiff of like a, a farm smell every now and then, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> well, do, do you think we'll better smell the farm from, from, from here? You know, you think it'll come through the, the interview or no? Probably not through Quite the possibly. interview, but you guys are in Springfield. So I don't know how many farms you got out there. You might, you, might, you know, catch a couple that things from downwind, but... That, that maybe yeah that may be our own farms in missouri right um dude i would love to uh jump out and get to know both of your stories a little bit you know young dudes how old are y'all i'm 22 tim is 21 he actually just turned 21 on uh 9 11 mm -hmm. believe it or not he was born on the day yep. wow wait yes literally on the day yes yes, the day. yes like yep. the day <laughs> wow i yeah. have never heard that it's actually pretty common. One of our uh, one of the students in our program actually was also born on 9/11, uh, but he was also but he was born like 30 years earlier, yeah. 20, or 20 years earlier, or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. But yeah, wow, more common than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is insane, man. Well, appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you sharing what you're doing. Uh, won't you share share each of your stories, man? Julian, we'll jump out with you. Won't you share some of you know you and what got you to here, and uh, and then we'll jump to uh, Tim next. Yeah, sure. So um, I got into the insurance business, uh, was waiting tables. I had done sales previously in the gym industry and I had done sales in uh, in real estate. Didn't really like real estate. Loved the gym. I really like uh, fast paced sales, you know, one call closes, uh, you know, things like that. And so I got recruited. I was waiting tables after the pandemic had kind of shut everything down. And I decided that um, I got an insurance guy approached me trying to recruit me from an IMO. And I was like, yo, let's do it. Um, I saw the comp plan and I was like, are you kidding me? All I have to do is just sell policies. That's so easy. Uh, they're like, yeah, man, you got to knock on doors. I mean, so, you know, it's not for everybody. I was like, dude, knock on doors. <laughs> I used to do that when I was a kid to shovel driveways. But, um, you know, I started, uh, I started talking to these guys, got into the business and, uh, Tim and I had actually sold him a gym membership and, uh, that's how we became friends. So we ended up, uh, keep, you know, keeping in touch over, over a long time frame. We didn't really like hang out a ton. And then, uh, when I got into the insurance business, I kind of let him know what I was doing. I was talking to his roommate. We were kind of buddies and everything. And so, uh, he was like, man, I need, like, I need to get into this. So we ended up getting in, we left the IMO that we were at. It was kind of like a free lead program type deal. And, uh, it just wasn't a good fit for us. And, you know, they kept our book and everything. And so we were like, Hey, we're going to give agents the option to have control of their own business so that they're not at the whim of someone else. You know, if, if you control yeah. the lead, you control the agent. And th that was the, exactly what we were trying to prevent from happening because uh, we want to make sure that that agents are able to succeed on their own pen and on their own time and not at the whim of someone else because we had a lead shortage for, you know, about, I think it was about four months. But then even in the AEP, which is that this was like the big decision maker for us, six and a half weeks, no leads. And we just worked leads that were years old. And so that kind of put us where we are today. And I'll kind of let Tim share his as well. Yeah, so, uh, kind of always been entrepreneurial my whole life. Uh, when I was in high school, I started a lawn care business, uh, built that up to doing like, I think it was like 50 to 75 yards a week. I was making like two grand a week in high school. So that was pretty cool. Uh, did that like the summer after my junior year. So going into my senior year 
And so I knew I didn't want to go to college. That was never on the table for me uh, after I kind of realized, you know, everything that went into that. Um, and so I had a conversation with my parents. I was like, hey, guys, it wasn't really a conversation. I kind of just told them. I was like, I don't, I don't really think it makes sense for me to go back. Um, I'd rather just focus on growing this. And so my goal at that time was to become the biggest lawn care company in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, what I realized is like with landscaping and lawn care, it's hard to scale that business just because you run into a bottleneck with employees. There's only so many people that want to work for 13 an hour. Um, and when you're an 18 year old kid trying to manage them, it yep. kind of you know creates some problems. And so decided that wasn't going to be the, uh, the future. That wasn't going to be the move. And uh, I had also dabbled a little bit in e-commerce, which is like selling things online. Uh, I watched a bunch of people on YouTube that were teaching that uh, and had tried it a few times, hadn't seen success with it. But at this point, when I realized that lawn care was not going to be the best business to scale, uh, I decided I was going to dive you know, fully into e-commerce. And so for the next few months, I kind of moved away from lawn care, poured a ton of time into learning and testing and figuring everything out. Uh, and that's where a lot of my skill set comes uh, comes from with Facebook ads. Um, ended up getting a e-commerce store, did about $700,000 in sales uh, over the course of about a year. Uh, ended up exiting that one uh, a few months ago and sold that. But, uh, you know, made some pretty good money for 18, 19 year old kid. Was able to buy a house in Greensboro um, and, you know, just kind of enjoy life and whatnot and then i uh, was working on e-commerce julian had got recruited into insurance um him and my best friend were hanging out quite a bit uh, he would come over to the house all the time and we would hang out and so he was telling us about what he was doing and you know i was thinking about the opportunities like you know sales has always been something that's interested me uh you know i like talking to people like working with people like influencing people the residuals know. right the residuals are <laughs> are always uh, a big selling point with medicare and you know, the commissions he was talking about, it seemed like it just made sense, right? So got into it with Julian. Uh, him and I became extremely close as we were probably the ones out of the group that were like putting the most time into it. Um, we yep. both saw the most success out of uh, all of our friends that joined. Um, then, you know, things kind of went south with the IMO we were at before, the lead shortage, um, misinformation, you know, how, you know how it is with a, a lot of those IMOs out there. And we just weren't really satisfied with where we were. Uh, and decided to go do our own thing. So we combined, you know, Julian's skill set, my skill set, and uh, blended them together to make a new company. Dude, I love it, man. Um, there's a bunch that I could like jump in question wise. I think I'm gonna skip some, but um, you talked about. I could. I'm gonna skip the college, the real estate, and the gym, even though I kind of want to go there. But I'm gonna skip those for now. Um, when you talk about controlling the business, controlling lead flow, um, why don't you talk through? that the importance of that what you've seen why you're doing some of the stuff you're doing and what you've learned sure so basically the way that it, it came about was we decided we were going to go independent we talked to a bunch of imos uh we interviewed them we did a cross-country road trip was actually how we found out we wanted to move here so we, we found that out um and then we were like kind of just sitting on everything it was a very high pressure sales recruiting tactic from most of the imos like they were like you know you have to make a decision now or never or like you know, wine sign, and dine. Yeah, wine and dine. Uh, you know, sign here, sign on the dotted line. We were just like, you know what? We're just going to think about it, man. Because at the end of the day, like, this is our business. We're not going to make a knee-jerk reaction decision on something that's this important. Because wherever we're going is where we're going to be. We're not moving again. So uh, we really took our time with that. Um, and so we were like, after, after some, like, thoughts and everything and, kind of, you know, really kind of talking everything over, looking at, weighing the pros and cons of everyone, we decided to make a move. Um, and... 
we ended up going with, I know you know David Duford, we ended up going with him. Um, yeah, but we wanted to figure out the lead generation thing because we got our contracts locked up for six months. Uh, we got our, actually our Medicare contracts. We hit the blackout period, couldn't write for a year. So still can't even write that. Um, and uh, this was just kind of based off of the timing that we left with Medicare that we got locked out. But um, they did hold our life insurance contract. So we were like, well, man, I mean, six months, no income. We should probably use the money that we have now to invest in uh, figuring out how to market. Because, I mean, dude, paying 50 bucks for a direct mail lead or 40 bucks for a direct mail lead sounds like it makes no sense, especially if we're coming off of six months with no money. Um, ended up doing that just testing, testing, testing. And we ended up segueing into realizing that it wasn't just us that needed that. It was almost every other agent. We had people like asking us how we were getting our results. And so we started sharing that uh, with some people and we realized that we could monetize it. And that's, that's kind of how we started moving towards the lead generation side. And then watching the 8% movement unfold. I think, I think like maybe two months after we started moving around with this, we saw like the 8% conference. We didn't even know it existed. I mean, we were like sheltered little children in our last IMO. I mean, they, we didn't know like what sunlight looked like. It was rough, but um, you know, we were like, man, I mean, these agents, there, there's so many of them that need help. And Cody, you know, Cody's helping these agents. Why don't we get in, in the, in the trenches and see if we can't help these agents too. And so, well, Julian, it was, it was funny because originally we had, we had came to the idea of doing Facebook ads to our old IMO. Right. Mm. So we had come and this was kind of like the tipping point for us deciding to leave at least one of the many tipping points is we came to them and because like they were having a lead shortage with direct mail, you know, um, return rates were down. We were in the middle of AEP, so we didn't have any leads to run with Medicare. It was a disaster. And so we go to them and we're like, hey, um, I think we could figure out Facebook ads for you guys. Right. Like I have a, a background in it. It doesn't seem like it'd be too difficult to learn. And we were going to do it pro bono. We were going to do it free for this IMO. Commission. Yeah, pay for it. Pay for the leads on our own commission. And half of our commission was going towards free leads. And they turned us down. They were like, no, nah, we, we got the best people working this. We got the best people on it. And uh, we never saw the fruits of, of their labor. So uh, that was that was really a tipping point for us leaving. But it's, it's wild knowing what we know now and knowing how valuable that skill set is and how uh, you know, much it adds to other agents' life that we were willing to do that for free for our old IMO and they still turned it down because they were so stuck yeah. in their own place. It's crazy. It, yeah, it is amazing how, how um, important that piece is, right? So as an example, when I started out in my career, really focused on sales, knowing sales, but it's interesting, man, if you can just get in front of people, the sales thing will get better along the way, you know? And so exactly. that's, the, I mean, the, the people don't fail because they don't know how to overcome objections even though they even though they think that think that's the case they typically fail because they just don't know how to get in front of people you know like you right. put anybody you plug anybody into a good system put them in front of a bunch of people i don't care how bad they are at sales they're gonna make some money you know oh yeah well they're gonna you're gonna run into lay downs and one thing that we say is and i'm sure you're you're probably a big proponent of this too is all your nose just gets you closer to your yeses and the more no's that you can get through faster the more yeses you can get through so i mean we have life insurance agents that run 15 minute appointments we have them booked every 15 minutes Wow. They can't, they can't get away from, I mean, dude, we've had people tell us to stop. They're like, dude, make it stop. <laughs> I need a day. I need a day off. I can't do this. And it's, <laughs> it's funny. We're doing the same thing with our, with the guy that's working under us and in our in-house. We do it with 30 minutes just because it's a little bit more complex than life insurance. And you can find, you can weed out a life insurance client faster. Um, but I mean, he's booked up every 30 minutes. Wow. I mean, back to back all day long, every day. And it's just, when you get in front of that many people, it really doesn't matter how good you are, like you said. I mean, you're just going to find slam dunks and lay downs, people asking for what you have, pulling out their credit card before you even start talking. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is cool. Um, what advice would you guys give to some to millennial young hustling agents like y'all that are uh, they're you know they're they're struggling, they're trying to figure it out, um, they want to succeed, they're hungry. You know, what advice would y'all have for that? You go ahead, Tim. I got one too. Yeah, I would say that there's a couple things. One is really just starting. Uh, Hormozy, Alex Hormozy, the the guy who wrote the book we sent you, he um, yeah. he says something about the time that it takes to accomplish something and then the time that it takes to start. So mm. he gave an example of uh, he it took him four years to build a website, but four hours to actually do it. So the first you know four years were just delaying it and the four hours were actually building it. And so a lot of agents have that mindset. I hear so many times from agents, oh, you know, I'm just trying to get back into the business or I'm trying to get back into it. And I've heard it enough times that I know it just means that they are holding themselves back from starting. So one thing I would say is just, Commit to the action and take action immediately instead of coming up with every excuse in the world as to why you can't do it or why you need to wait one more week or, you know, one more month before you start. Just start. Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, not relying on the exact same methods that worked in the 80s and the 90s. And we, we kind of have a tendency to, like, put down direct mail. Uh, direct mail still has a place, but it shouldn't be your only and your primary lead source. One, because it's so expensive, and two, because it takes so long between the time when they send the lead in versus when you're talking to the client. So I would start, but I would also look at the modern prospecting methods uh, like Facebook ads, you know, using your own calendar, um, even running your own ads, but working digital leads and working leads where as soon as they fill out the form, within a few minutes, you can talk to the client. Boom. Thanks, Tim. What about you, Julian? I would say, honestly, that the majority of, I would say not just my success, but just kind of our success. I'll just speak from my experience since Tim kind of touched on that. But in my experience, the best way to find any success is to find a mountain of failures and just stack them up. So for like example, people have seen me go out and write business and they're like, wow, you're, you're really good at this. But what they didn't see was all the times that I missed or all the times, all the, all the times that people just hung up on me or all the times that people slammed the door in my face. And the only reason that I'm so, that I'm so good is just because of the failure, the reps. And so the only difference between someone my age that is not being successful and someone my age that is, is the amount of reps that they put in. I was working six, six and seven days a week. I would start at 8.30 a.m. and I would go until sundown. Sometimes I'd go out a little bit after 15, 20 minutes and I'd leave the headlights on door knocking. And the reason that I would do that is because nobody else wants to compete at those hours. Nobody wants to door knock on that Saturday and Sunday. So I'm the only one that will be willing to get in front of them in those days. And mm -hmm. if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to commit for maybe even 90 days, 180 days, just just sell just sell everything you have. That won't, but forget the friends, forget the parties, forget the girlfriend. I broke up with my girlfriend before I started selling insurance. I told her, look, I'm going I'm going all in. I don't have time for this. I'm sorry. And I, and I did. I went all in six and seven days a week, sun up to sundown, and I, and I never stopped. But I got good at it just because of how many times I heard no. I heard, you know, no, nah, I'm not interested. Okay, well, how are you not interested? I mean, you haven't even looked at what, I, what I'm showing you that you filled out. You're asking me to come by. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about here. All of yeah. a sudden, I'm selling them a policy five minutes later, but it was because of all the other times that I heard not interested and turned around. You just can't give up, and you have to work harder than everyone else. I love it. Here, I've got a couple more questions. One that I think is important is um, y'all are focused on your health, your energy, your physical fitness. Tim's sitting there drinking a massive, you know, gallon of water as we're talking. Um, 
How important is that? How, how much does that translate to business? Why should other people take it more seriously? What are some things that y'all do? We'll throw it back to Tim for a second since he's he's guzzling and, and getting hydrated. Yeah, dude. It's uh, early in the morning. First thing you got to do is start drinking water before the caffeine. That's, uh, that's for sure. Um, I would say it's huge. One thing that, and this is a lesson that we've learned from failures. Again, when we, uh, when we got into selling insurance, you're always on the road. Um, there were times where we do pre-made meals, but for a few months there, it was like fast food every day, dude. Cause it was, it's convenient. Uh, what you realize yeah. is your mind starts getting fuzzy. You can't think as clearly. You're not, uh, as charismatic. You're not as sharp. Right. Uh, and your energy's lower. So when I'm out there for, you know, 12 uh, to 16 hour days in the car, I need to be sharp. I need to be, you know, paying attention to the road for one, but also being able to respond quickly to objections whenever I'm talking to a prospect. Uh, so yeah. we kind of, I mean, like, honestly, um, we let our health slip when we first got into the business. Uh, we mm -hmm. both gained weight. We both were eating fast food. We both just like, weren't really taking care of ourselves. I got chubby. Yeah, we got, we got a little bit chubby. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, getting back into the gym and starting to care for ourselves, we not only noticed that we felt better, but our work improved. So if yeah, you have to yeah. take a little bit of time off work to take care of yourself, longevity is the key. Um, I don't want to work for three years and then all of a sudden die of a heart attack and not be able to enjoy any of my money. So taking care of yourself is huge. So it's one of the critical aspects of being successful. It's not just wealth, but it's health and happiness. It's a, you know, there's three pillars to that. Yeah, I, I actually, Julian, let's have you answer a different question. Um, I, I enjoyed that answer. That was, that was awesome. I think people should take it more seriously too and really pay attention to that stuff. Um, Julian, won't you, ta won't you talk to, through the agents that you see struggle? What do you see as like some bad habits and some things that are holding them back from doing better? Um, so I've trained, I've trained quite a few agents and I've actually had some people come on to the, to the team here that we have, that haven't really done much, much. Um, I don't think any of them have sold their first policy into the company and that's, that's okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem that I've seen is never, it's never a lack of capability. It's always a lack of initiative. And I've told, I've had one-on-one -on -one conversations with all of them about all of this. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have any problem saying that here, but it's never been a lack of, of capability. I think truly anyone can sell anything if they put their mind to it. But the problem is, is when they start to let the narrative, when you give yourself time for that, that negative voice to creep in on, on you, mm. if you're not listening to the dial tone, if you're not distracted, picking up knowledge or talking to someone, you're going to start listening to that voice. Like, well, what if they don't buy? What if they don't yep. want what I have? What if it's not, I mean, maybe they don't have enough money. What if I'm annoying them? What if I'm annoying them? Well, I mean, what if, who cares? You know, they'll tell you. So find out. But that's the that's the problem that I, I've kind of seen. Mo like honestly, most agents run into it's a lack of act it's a lack of activity. But the lack of activity stems from a lack of initiative, which stems from self doubt. So I would say, if anything, to work in the gym, to improve your confidence, or to do whatever it is that that gives you a level of confidence. I always go back to the gym because that's what works works for me. Yeah. But um, always always investing in yourself. If you don't have, if you feel like you're incapable. Find what it is that you're incapable of, whether it's, hey, I don't know how to sell. Go talk to salespeople, learn. Hey, I don't know anything about this insurance product. Well, why didn't you research it? I mean, we've given you homework for that. You know, you can look, call the carriers. You can look on their websites. Oh, man, I, don't, I mean, I feel like I'm bothering them. Call them and find out. That's really the biggest thing, but it, it's all, it all comes back to self-confidence and self-image. So I would say that's probably the first thing that I would start with is fixing your self-image before you try and, and look for any external factors as to why you can't sell because anybody can do it.
Yes, yes, yes. Love that. Um, if someone wants to learn more about you guys, man, and start to follow you, check out what you're doing, how would they go about doing that? Where, where would you like to send them? So they can find us on YouTube at Advanced Agent Marketing. Uh, that's our company name. And they can find us on TikTok. They can find us on Instagram. We have a Facebook group called Insurance Agent Freedom, where we go over live Facebook trainings every week on Tuesdays at uh, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. And um, I mean, our only goal really is just kind of to help everybody get get to the next level in this business. I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else they could find us. Uh, yeah, those are the main two channels is the Facebook group. Um, YouTube's great. That's where you can watch all of our videos. If you want to get like more interactive with us, uh, we do the live trainings every week. Um, those are usually on like uh, advertising, uh, modern prospecting with insurance and, and things of that nature. Uh, where the, whereas the YouTube is, is, you know, the same kind of thing, but we also throw in like some more of like the personal side so you can get to know us as well. Uh, but if you really want to interact with us and, you know, have a conversation or be able to get a response from us, um, Facebook group is going to be your best bet. That's where we're really training agents. And then the YouTube channel is where we'll have like tutorials and, you know, setups on how to do everything, uh, you know, with modern prospecting. I love it. Thank you both for being on the channel, man. Appreciate the interview. Awesome job. Ladies and gentlemen, Julian Polito and Tim Shooker. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks Cody. Have a good one, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to another interview. We'll see you on the next one.